Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's recording. Ah. Oh, with that would sound awesome. <laughs> that was so chunky. Chunky? Wasn't it? There was quite the chunk in that There was sniff. chunk in that Ooh, Have you got a, is that a dress you're wearing? Yeah, I just got it today from my colonic. Do you like it? For your colonic? Oh. From the iconic. Oh, it's really nice. Oh, do you want me to get you one? Yeah, I don't suit T-shirt dresses. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You used to wear them every day of your life. I you just have a, I have a problem showing my knees these days. Why? You got fat knees. Mm, I got I just, a bad back. I've got I've got the demi I've got the demi moors about me. <gasps> well, just get your knees done. <laughs> Chick Street. My name's Annie. Yay! <laughs> yes, it is. Or are we still doing famous people? Yeah. Welcome to Chick Street. My name is Zoe Kravitz. What? Oh, no. She's married. Is she married to J- Jason Mawama? No, that's Mamoma. her mother. Oh, yeah, her Lisa is. Burnett. Okay. Hello and welcome to Chick Street. My name's Lisa Bonet. Oh, I'm Jason Momoa. Welcome. I'd like him to Momoa my lawns. <laughs> he can come and cut my grass any time. the day or the night, what? If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I have something to tell you. Oh. I have a, a little mystery. Okay. I think that we all... Need to Sissy's here. Everyone, just so you know, Sissy is calming down. She's cooling down. She walked up steps. I understand (laughs) what that's like and how exhausting that can be. So just bear with us. It will start to start to go soon. Yeah. In the meantime, listen to this. That was a little. Sammy bought us this weird wine, which is a Chardonnay. Pinot Noir sparkling. It's like, let's make a wine and put every type of thing in it. Not a Pinot Noir, a pin, Pinot Gris. Is it a Pinot Gris? Oh, Sammy, you said no. a Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir Chardonnay. Oh, Pinot Noir Chardonnay. I thought Pinot it Noir. Is a Pinot, it's a Chardonnay Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir is the red one, though, isn't it? It is, but it's all about the grape. Mm. It's all about the grape, the grape. skin. Pinot Gris yeah. and Pinot Grigio is the different skin. One is about the grape and one's about the skin. Okay. I don't know. Don't which. pretend to know. That I you don't. Know about I just made all of that up. <laughs> so, what's your mystery? Okay, well, a long time ago, mm-hmm. when I first started on Gogglebox, someone emailed me. Yeah. And I was so overwhelmed by this email because I'll read it to you that I never responded. Okay. And he went on and sent me a few more emails. Yeah. I think he's just gotten in touch with me on Twitter. Okay, read the email. And. Um, you're going to love this guy because he's a poet. Oh. He sends me poetry. Oh, loving it. And that's why I'm thinking it's the Twitter guy. Right, okay. But um, he's Irish. This one is Irish. Okay, just read it. So Go, is, I'm waiting. This is the, uh, the, 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 the email that I got yeah. years ago. Evie, this is ridiculous. Well, maybe it's just evolution. Could be poetry. Could be just the rain. The best thing to do in circumstances like this where a man doesn't know where to begin is to just begin. So, Evie, here's an ordinary guy saying that he finds you telegenically and emotionally beautiful, romantically adoring and operatic and storytelling-voiced, singularly demonstrative, perfectly balanced wonder and witted want. Holy shit. I know. Of course I've ignored these things and enjoyed the show. Then enjoyed the show the next night and most nights until I finally realised I was looking forward to just seeing what you, what and how you had to say things. Look, let's not rush out and buy hats. For one thing, it's the rare one that suits me. And secondly, Make Evie great again. <laughs> Maya hats. Maya. Uh, Maya. Maya. Maya hats. 
Um, for one thing, it's a rare one that suits me. And secondly, it would only frame your face. And let's face it, you'd need a licence to look that constantly good in public. My head's growing. Jesus. I can't Thirdly, believe you sat on this for so long. I know. I completely forgot to tell you. Thirdly, wearing a hat in the house makes people seem like everyone else is missing a wedding. I write, or used to, poetry. There's the odd little synapses of genius in fiction too, but they are very rare and I look silly remembering them because writers rarely reveal, do the faces of sh- characters but without the voice. Isn't he a beautiful writer? He really is. He's your type of Yeah. Man. So that means we kind of look like Planet of the Apes on mute. <laughs> I'm wondering which poem to send you here, or if I should, maybe you get poetry all the time. So if I sent you one, I'd just be, you just, d- damn it, I'm buying a new keyboard. Just, tr- pardon me a sec, hammer. <laughs> just another in a line of men down a cobbled street from your door. Think 1940s manners and tweed suits, britches and hair wax, flowers in hand. No, actually, that wouldn't, wouldn't be much like me either. I'm E. What, what is the J here on the... Jesus. This is how he's writing. Oh, my god! I'm a jeans sold regular, and I never give up on my shirts, hide the rips with sweaters and love the feel of them and the secrets. I am, please, note, not married, or slinking this with a girlfriend in the shower. Not to say this is a note of yearning, which comes in ways only from meeting, but still, it's something of a look. I'm quite camera shy, am not on the Facebook, the Instagram or the wall of the Louvre. (laughs) Often I just like to do the simplest things, but I do think a lot and I'm slightly smart and a wee bit not in the sense of common sense. Is he Scottish? Irish. Irish. Write back if you want. I'd love to hear from you. I'm in I'm in Irelandish. I'm Irish dish and I'm writing this. I have one book published and it's like me ripped at the knee. Oh. We are all a bit, I guess. Best for now, Sean. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I think he's might be your he he needs to meet you. No, I he what no. Isn't he adorable? Yes. Like, yeah, I'm not taking him from you. He's yours. Well, he wants me, but I think he's more you. You know what they say, bros before hoes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, hoes before bros. Yeah. <laughs> so the, I won't tell now you about the, the, I won't read out the Twitter stuff, but yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. And he said something like, a, I'll wait 17 years, just like I've watched in the episode you've just spoken about. And I'm like, so now I've got to kind of go, I don't know what he's talking about. And I just replied, are you, this, are you an Irish guy who emailed me years ago? So I have not heard back yet. Oh, my Lordy. I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Mm, I know. It's it's a fun. That's. Do we know what he looks like? No. He said he's camera shy, so that means he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that's like. Yeah. But. I mean, God, he writes well, doesn't he? And doesn't look, he? That, that amount of eloquence is just hard to find in a man. I know. That's it's beautiful. so rare. Yeah. Like, he's really, really, uh, like, oh, funny and like that him. kind of David Sedaris type writing that I love. It's poetic and yeah. funny all at the same time. Yeah, and then just ordinary. Like, he'll just stick in or- something ordinary in there, like, yeah. you know, ripped jeans or, like, yeah, that's... But you know so what good. it reminds me of when I first read it, mm-hmm. I it made me want to start reading again, and it did, and it's just done it again. Isn't it amazing what is in words? I mean, you're a poet, so you already know. Yeah. But people really, I'm just putting it out there right now, people, everyone that's listening, mm. make sure you keep reading. Get a book that you have next to your bed every night yeah. or have a Kindle or have iBooks on your phone, whatever it is that is your thing. Yeah. Always read a chapter every night. Mm, and if you don't like the book, put it down and get another one that's that solid really advice. fills you with some joy. Yeah, I've started um, not finishing books. Like if I don't, if I'm not into them, mm. I just kind of go, yeah, no, that's just not for me. And yep. I've got a few half-read books. I used to persevere and, mm. and hate it, but mm. get through it. Mm. Like feel like... Yeah, I've I know heaps of people that do this. that and I just can't do it. No, so I've just started... I don't have enough time in my life. To read yeah. something that's not sparking joy. Yeah, it wasn't sparking joy. Um, speaking of sparking joy, mm-hmm. Marie Kondo. 
You sent me some flowers this week. I did. They were so pretty, weren't I they? I didn't know. Like, it's so nice to just be at home and not be expecting a delivery because normally yeah. if you shop so much online and you know when things are coming, but then when you just get a message, like you get the, the guy rings the buzzer and I'm like, I've got a delivery for you and I'm like, I'm not expecting anything. I know, that's so nice. And then you go down and he's this, he was this lovely man and he was like, you know, in his like, probably like 50s. And he, he was like, oh, here you go, here you go. And he goes, let me do, I've just got to take a photo of them. Hang on. So I like, took a photo and he's like, you don't need to sign anything. There you go. And I was like, oh my God, these are, who are these from? And they're like, I'm looking and, and he was like, oh, you enjoy those. You enjoy those. He really enjoyed giving them, didn't he? And I thought, he loves his job, mm. this guy. Oh, it would be so nice to give joy people oh, every day. I know. Wouldn't it was it? so lovely. So thank you. Because oh, you're welcome. I've had a shit week mm. and um, I'm trying to get my head around why, what I'm feeling. Mm. And I think, I think, and I did a little post about this this morning, but I think it's... I think it's just redefining what joy is and there's just so much expectation at the moment on what, like if you go out, what that mm. should be like and that it should be fun because you're out. Mm. So you'd just be happy that you're out. There seems to be a post-traumatic stress it. from our lockdown Yeah, that I... I'm noticing a lot of people have been experiencing it and posting it this morning mm. after you posted yours, I reposted, I had people saying, this is exactly what's happening to me. I got a lot of those as well from a lot of friends saying, I'm feeling the same thing. It's just too much. Um, a couple of people, you know, who, who had gone out to have dinners with a group of people were just like, it's too much. Like yeah. it's just the anxiety, the social anxiety is just like... Yeah. You know, and I had, um, I did have work drinks I was supposed to go to yesterday mm. and there was would have been 10 of us there and I just messaged you and said, I just don't want to go. I, I yeah, don't have it in really, me. Um, what's the word? Re- not regretting it. You were, res- like, you were um, mm. dreading it. You were dreading going. Yeah. And that's an awful thing to see someone go through. Mm. Um mm. And mm. you know what? It was it, It's such an interesting topic for me. It's something that I've thought about for probably 20 years now. When I was about 28, I read a book called Living in the Light mm-hmm. by a woman called Shakti Gawain. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great book. Like, it's okay. a kind of book you can revisit. And because there is a new updated version of it now, it goes because mm. there was no social media back then and right. all this kind of thing. Anyway, there, there was a, a wonderful gist of how to do what you want to do without guilt or shame mm, mm. Um, and what makes you feel okay. And if people around you do the same and accept you doing it, um, there'll be all this resentment that will start to go, that there'll be less fights. People won't, you know, like in a relationship, your mm. husband who doesn't want to go. Yeah. To the family dinner. Yes, yes. And, and makes himself go every Monday night or, you know, these kind of things. People who are like, no, I should. I have to go. I have to. I've committed to something. Yeah. I've got to do I've it. To I've do got it. to yeah. see. You don't have a good time. I mean, sometimes you do. Yeah. One out of ten times you'll go, oh, that was a great night, actually. I'm really glad I yeah. went. Yeah. But the rest of the time you just sit. The other times you would sit there going, I just want to be at home. Just I should have. It. I just yeah. wish someone had given me an out. Yeah. I wish I didn't feel so locked into these kind of commitments. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so angry at this person or that person. I'm angry at myself. Yeah. Um, and now I'm really sad because I'm a loser. You know, yeah. you, you, your yeah. mind starts 100%. to go through this. What's wrong with you? Yes, you should be enjoying it. That's what I was literally doing, I think, after Saturday, Sunday, I think, when we caught up, and I was like driving home thinking, you just, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you, you know, you haven't been out for seven months. Like, you should be enjoying this. You should yeah. be giving yourself a hard time about Having it. fun with your friends and enjoying it. But instead, you're going to go home and 
feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. To do that. It's called self-love and it's called yeah. self-preservation. Mm. Um, and you have to understand that these feelings that you have are valid and that they're not going to be final. Yeah. No yes. feeling is final. Yes, I love that So saying. you just have to keep... You work work through it. If you don't mm, mm. feel it, you can't heal it. You have to. You, you have are to. dropping down some Oprah fucking oh, you. bullshit today. It, do you remember years ago when we used to go out? How upset you would get if I yep. wanted to go home yep. early. Yep. And sometimes I would make myself stay out, mm-hmm. and I would resent you. And you but then I resented you because you would always just do what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, God, I wish I could do that. Yep. But I couldn't. No. I would feel trapped, in obligated, a, yes, in an obligated. And I hate world. that word, obligation. Yeah. And I would look at you and be envious and go, God, how does she just do that? Yeah. And that's why I would give you a hard time because I'd yeah. be like, no, you can't just yeah. – you've got to stay. What do you but, mean you're going all, home? And it all comes stemmed, stems from the ego, mm, you mm. know, and that's that's the, around the time I think we started reading Eckhart Tolle and all of these kind of, you know, revelations to me, mm. like just this why are we living – in and in out with our egos so in the forefront yeah. where we take so many things personally that aren't about us at all like mm. are not about another person at all they're totally. about um a- accepting someone has to just live their truth and yeah. it doesn't mean they like you less or more yeah it yeah. actually has nothing to do with so um yeah, it's, it's funny because now, 20 years later, we have this relationship where on Sunday you go, I'm going to go and go, okay, go. Yeah. Go yeah. home because there's nothing worse than being somewhere you don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. And the people around you feel it. There's yeah. an energy that is so toxic yes. when people do that. Yeah. And I think we need to start. We don't because we don't have any children. But Sam, if you ever have children... <laughs> Raise them to trust themselves. Yeah, listen to the their yeah. spidey senses. Same kind of thing as mm. don't make a child hug someone. Mm. Or kiss someone or kiss with someone. a moustache. They don't want to be touched. Don't say, give give your Uncle Max a hug. Mm. Mm. Whoever that is. Mm. Thank you. And thanks for hearing me mm. when I talk to you about this. Because I think it's funny and I think a lot of people, especially who aren't in Melbourne and don't, have an experience, what the experience of what a lot of friends in Sydney, um, you know, and I just, I don't know, people have, ha, are experiencing different things and in different it's, ways. Yeah, and, it's yeah. affecting them in different Some people are it's, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out and yes. just see everyone again. And I'm going to yes. go to everything yeah. and I'm going to. And they can do it. Yeah, and they're the extroverts. Like, they're the people yeah. who have missed the energy of other people yes. to, to get to where they get fired up from. Yeah. Whereas if you're an introvert, you're. I mean, it's so exhausting. Yeah. You know, I just yep. feel exhausted. Well, it's amazing how much this I'm week. realizing how much we designed ourselves to going at like it's like you match fit. You know? Yeah. You'd yeah. gotten to a point where you'd you'd rehearsed enough. Yes. And you had your fitness going that you could stay out for a lot longer. Totally. Um Yeah. Also Mm-hmm. Ironically, mm-hmm. how many people who weren't living in Melbourne during lockdown would say to us, God, it must be so awful what you're going through. How often we'd go, no, not really. Not re- yeah. Because it was yeah. a lot more easy than anyone thought it was. Yeah. This is the hard part. Yeah. They're, they're getting the back new into. Because it's not going back to normal mm. either. Yeah. You know, we're going into a state, um, a nanny state. Yes. Of yes. rules still. Yeah. And so you constantly, am I getting in? Am I allowed mm. to do this? And it's funny because I was watching, um, I've been watching the new um, Nexium series, the new mm. one on Stan, which is incredible. We've spoken about Nexium before, so um, go and go and have a look at it. But th- it's basically a cult, and they have. Have you watched that one yet? No. And so they go a lot into sort of the psych- psychological effects of cults and the indoctrination mm. and what they do to people to you know bra- the brainwashing yeah. and all of that stuff. And he is. Um, Ranieri, that guy, he is so much worse than I thought and what a lot of the other documentaries have shown him to be. Right. When you watch this documentary this is and the you guy see... guy that turns on him, isn't he, the documentary? No, no, that's the other one oh, that I've watched. Okay. This is the one all about India Oxenberg. Oxenberg? 
her mum is from Dallas. The show, or yeah. The state? No, you know that show. No, Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah, Oxenberg. You know, um, oh, what's her Luxembourg? name? Oxen. No, it's Oxenberg. Um, so her daughter gets caught up in it. So, she, so this whole thing is about India, the daughter, right. coming out of it, and she was so brainwashed. Um, oh my God. But they talk about how one of the girls was put in a room and told to stay in a room for um, like two months. And oh my god! Were, yeah, she was in a room. She got he just controlled like it was. It's disgusting what he did. This is just one example. Um, keep food from her. Keep her in a room. She wasn't allowed to see or talk to anyone. It was oh. kind of like pen, they do this thing called penance. So if they did mm. not do what he wanted them to do, they'd have to do this penance thing. They'd get punished. So she's in this room for two months and um, realizes there's no lock on the door. Oh, she could have left at any time, but. She was that in. She's that in that she... She never even looked. She never even looked. She just accepted that that's what... That's um, where she was had to be. That's where she had to be. Oh, God. And it's amazing how powerful. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's... I'm sort of feeling like it's more comfortable to stay at home mm. than like almost like we've been a little bit brainwashed into thinking mm. that this is life this now. Is, this is safety. This is safety. This is where we're best. This is where we're best. This is where no one's being annoying. There's no loud noises. There's no yes. no one smoking near me. There's no, like, yes. so even though the door... I don't know if we've been convinced of that or we've just been stripped of a lot of stimuli that we don't mm. really ever need. Yeah, probs. And the simple life is not as bad as we all thought or how, or yeah. it's not as frightening mm. or ba- like um, a negative yeah. as a lot of people think it is. Mm. You know how many people do you know? I mean, I could list so many that say, oh, I can't do a day of nothing. I couldn't. I would just feel awful doing nothing. Like mm. I couldn't mm. spend my day in bed. I have to do something. I have to be productive. Mm, I could. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But I know a lot of people mm. that were like, oh, I would never waste a day yeah. doing oh. nothing. Sorry, Beth. It's like, that's not doing nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. healing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm snoring most of the time, but it's <laughs> still doing something, isn't it? Interesting. Um, anywho. Anywho. But I have been doing dance class again. Oh, so, good. So um, every day at five o'clock, except for today because we're recording. You can do it. I Keep do, doing it now. I do my little half hour dance class because um, I do do, I am part of a dance troupe. Yes. Um, eclectic dance. those electric. Body, body electric. Body electric. Um, and we were mid-semester when we went into lockdown. Um, and normally we, we have a semester of about 13 weeks and then we put on a show. Yes. And um, we were, yeah, a couple of weeks into our semester and then we went into lockdown. Um, it was a so great we, show. We did Can end up watching the show. I don't know. I think maybe it is on the YouTube. We'll have to find it. Yeah, we will. And we'll put a link up when yeah, we do. Yeah, because we ended up doing, our teacher ended up getting all of the dancers. There's about 300 dancers. And she taught us all the same routine and... We did a uh, Robin dancing on my own, which was very apt. It was, and um, yeah, and then she put ma- made the video and put it all together, and um, and and that was our performance. But um, so yeah, so she's been doing daily dance classes, which you've done with me a couple yeah, of times. Really good, really really good, and just a half an hour of just dancing to music. I put my headphones on, my Bluetooth headphones, and I just dance around my lounge room. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Let's get into the chicken the now. Sing it. A one and a two and a three and a four and a chicken the now. Chicken the now. She's a chicken the now. Chicken the now. Chicken the now. We love the chicken the now. Who is it? Oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sis, do you want some water? Come here. Come here. Oh, do you want some water? Stop. Oh, yeah. You're thirsty. I think she does. She's coming over. Oh, got the dogs in the stews today. I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about a trend that's going around at the moment. And the is girl... Is it fox eye? Yes. Oh, is it? Yep. Oh, that is a trend going around. And I'm and the chick in the now, the girl I want to talk about is Alyssa Ho. 
Have you seen her? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. So Fox Eye Trend, for those who don't know, is a trend that started in the beauty industry. Mm. Um, and it's all about making a gesture with your face, pulling the sides of your eyes up so that um, you can look to be more Asian, your eyes can look to be more Asian-like, or applying makeup so you are um, elongating your eyes, making them look more almond-shaped. So You know, like, if we wear winged eyeliner? Yeah. Is that fox eye? So she's just done a post on the difference between... Yeah, because I'm really confused. ...winged eyeliner. And I want to know. And fox eye, yeah. Have a look at her post. be a racist. No. And she does make some very good points, and I'm not going to try and remember what mm-hmm. she said, because she's so... I listened to her on Clementine's podcast, and she's so well-spoken and comes across with, uh, like, her points so beautifully mm-hmm. and talks about why, as an Asian woman... That that the fact that Asian eyes are now a trend, mm. and that Asians have been have, have been made to feel so bad about their eyes for so long, mm. and that now they're a trend because Bella Hadid yeah. says it is. Yes, is um, really offensive. Offensive, and oh. she talks a lot. She she's so amazing. Like she, and I've seen. So it happened because she called out a group of. Um, beauty bloggers, uh, the Beauty Bunch, I think they're called. They do an Instagram TV show. Yep. And she, someone had sent it to them, and basically the um, they were all to. There's four of them all having this Instagram live, and they they're like, oh, the fox eye trend. And there's one moment where they all do it. They all sit there and pull their eyes back, and they're like, oh, I'm even thinking about getting surgery. And and there's tape that you can get to tape actually tape the sides of. I'm doing making that. <laughs> I'm showing Evie what it looks yeah. like. Um, you can tape the sides of your eyes up, and there's a so there's a moment where they all do it, and then they're just all obsessed with it. Like, oh yeah, Bella Hadid did it, and she looks amazing, and oh, I'd love to have those eyes, and blah blah. So they go on anyway. She Alyssa commented on the video and said, "This is," and and she, it wasn't just her; it was a lot of other um, Asian Australians who had written and said this is really racist and what you're doing is not cool. And Alyssa wrote as well and said, look, you know, there's there's deep problems with what you're doing, um, the way that you're, you know, presenting this trend. Um, If you ever want to have a conversation about it, I'm here. Like, I'm here for you. Like, let's chat about it. Let's let's, let's start listening to these people. We were talking about this last week. So she wrote that. She said she waited at least, I think she said 24 hours. No one had responded. And she could see that they'd been active on their social media as well. And then she got a message from, there was, I think there's five of them all together. She got a message from one of them and it was like a, it was, she said it was a rehearsed, shallow apology, basically. Mm, That wasn't an apology at all. It wasn't an apology at all, really. And then she said, then she got another one from another person, exactly the same. Then she got another one, exactly the same. Oh, they were being mean. Oh, and she's like, they've all sat and thought, how do we PR the shit out of Mm. this and just get out of it? And we'll annoy her a little bit by doing it as well. She's still yet to hear from two of them. Right. Who haven't even, and she's done so, like on her Instagram, she's done so much about it. There's so many um, collections in her stories and stuff where she's tried to explain it because she says on the podcast with Clementine that um, she's open to explaining it. Yeah. Like she she gets it that not everyone is going to see the problem That's with right. it. And she's like, well, let me explain it to you and why yeah. this is offensive to the Asian community. Um and yeah, so she's she basically the, the the beauty bloggers who talked about it brushed her brushed her off basically mm-hmm. and just said you know yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the big deal yeah because everyone's it. doing it but she does a she does a, a a story just recently on the the winged eyeliner and the the fox eye and the way and why that's um, offensive but. Alyssa Ho, look her up on mm. the Grams, young girl, but so very clever switched and on. switched on. And listen to that podcast as well, the Clementine episode, yep. because she really comes across as just a really good egg, you yeah. know? Yeah. She's like, let's just all 
be better and do better. And if we don't understand, like ask, yeah. why does this make me feel un- Why am I yes. having this reaction to this? Why am I being defensive? Yes. Why am I... Um, it's amazing how um, so many white people just mm. double down on, and get so defensive on something because no one wants to make... Yeah. It's not an intention. Mm, mm. Um, casual racism is such an ingrained thing yeah. that we don't even know we're doing it. And so we get very uncomfortable when someone points it out to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just a matter of us getting really comfortable with going, oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Explain, tell me, because that is not my, that was. Exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, like, I, you know, I, I'm dreading the day that I say something that I am not switched on enough yet to know accidentally and I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Where you're just I've like, had, oh, shit. I've already like, had people, someone you know? say to me from this podcast that I was being casually racist because oh. I did a wog accent. Oh, see, yeah. I, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I did. I was. Yeah. Who we got today? Oh, I've got someone really interesting today. Do you? Unlike any other any day. other time. <laughs> normally they're just not interesting at all. At all. Pages. Mm, just just typing in pages. And Do you know I had someone out. on the phone? No, I was in front of me the other day doing that. Oh really? Um, yeah, this I'm TikTok thing we 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 saw this TikTok girl. She's very funny, and she does this funny little skit mm-hmm. about how when you're waiting for mm. someone to do something for you, you can they and t- talk the, you through yeah, it all. Yeah. And and it's funny because she's doing it to me the other day. Someone was doing it. I can't remember. And I'm like stifling a laugh, going. <laughs> Were you on oh, the phone? No, was I was it? actually oh, in, was in the thing. And she was like, "I'm just um." Popping, um, looking that and up. I'm for like, you. you don't have to. I'm just getting. The I'm just going to wait now. until you're ready. <laughs> it's just opening. It's. I'm just getting it. There we go. That's it. Um, just taking a while to load. It's loading. And it's loading. Just waiting for that. Just looking. There we go. The, oh no, that's not it. Hang okay. one second. Sorry. Oh, bear with me. I put the wrong password. Try this one again. Yeah. Do do do. Here it comes. Here it, oh, loading. 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 <laughs> okay. It's brilliant. Tonight. Mm. I sound like an Uber Eats ad. I celebrate my love for you. And, and the sun, sun is gonna come shining, shining through. Tonight, there'll, there'll be, be no, no distance between us when I make love to you. God, that's a good song. You and yeah. I are right into Smooth Relax, Ooh. which is an app. So good. Uh, Smooth FM God, does it. Some and it plays just shh. Yeah. Gold like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. The songs you want to listen to when you're on, on a car ride oh, that with song us. That you love more than anything. It always reminds me, and Smooth and Relax plays it. Not the Wings of Love yes. song. Yes, on the Wings, wings of Love. love. Like oh, I haven't heard it for ages. I can't remember the words. Oh, I love it. I love On it. On the wings of love. <laughs> I love how it builds oh, right from God, the very beginning. Good. And then it key changes oh, at the end. And God, key God, I tell you. Gets you yeah. moving. Yeah, yeah. Gets your breakfast going. Okay, who we got? Okay, well, today we've got Grace Gibson. Ever heard of her? Debbie Gibson's mum. No, maybe it was. Oh. But it's not. Okay. Okay. Don't know. Grace Gibson. Um... Interesting that we haven't heard of this woman because she's done quite an amazing thing. Well, well, it's funny that you say that because I think this whole podcast is based on the fact we haven't heard about women who have done amazing things. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Born in El Paso, Texas in 1905. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love your southern accent. (laughs) Grace Gibson moved to California to finish her schooling. Her first job was for La Fiesta de los Angeles. What is that? An event celebrating the 150th anniversary of the founding of Los Angeles in 1931. Fabulous. Yeah, not bad job, eh? That's good. What she do there as a job? Um, secretarial. Okay. Made that up. Yep. 
Though not necessarily seeking a career in radio, her next position was as an office secretary for the Hollywood Recording Division of the Radio Transcription Company of America, or Transco. Right. This company was one of the earliest producers of radio transcriptions. which were recordings of radio programs on discs that could be distributed to a number of radio stations. Discs? Yeah. Like CDs? No, it wouldn't be in a CD. Oh, because that's too Yeah, it wouldn't have been because that's really early. I'd say they called them discs, maybe the reels. Oh, like a a recording disc. No, like a record disc. Like a record disc. Yeah. Record, 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 rewind. Was that a, okay? Yeah. Is that a record disc? I'm thinking like you know how they have those like flat with the tape that goes around it. Is that a disc? Yeah. The, the tape. grey, the grey. You know they look like, like Sammy. You. No, he's got nothing. What the tape <laughs> is? Tape like a reel? Yeah. You know how it had like a the tape like. Oh, it goes on the side of a yeah, projector. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking, no, I'm, Maybe that I'm was thinking a disc. something that was pressed, like a record. And no, there were radio I... discs. Mm, okay. And they would replicate them and send them out to different stations. It just seems too early that they would do that. In the, what, the 40s? 30s? 30s. Mm, I don't know. When was... 20s? Vinyl records. Oh, that was in the 1800s. They were first being pressed. Mm. Yeah, Anyhow. okay. In late 1933, Gibson successfully sold a number of radio programs to a visiting Australian station executive, A.E. Bennett, manager of the Sydney radio station 2GB. Wow. On his return to Australia, Bennett offered Gibson a six-month contract to take up the role of secretary for the new transcription department of radio station 2GB in Sydney. which aimed to sell American cereals to stations all over Australia. Gibson arrived in Sydney in May in 1934 and together with Bennett established the American Radio Transcription Agency, later called R-Transa. R-Transa. I love it. Everything's just abbreviated. And because we all know, listeners, Chickstorians, that soap operas come from radio... Cereals. That's where the term soap opera comes from. That's right. Because they were made to sell soap. That's right. They're an advertising content marketing um, tactic. Mm. So they would develop soap a yep. yeah develop a series a series cereal. a cereal, mm-hmm. and in order to talk about their soap. Yes. Literally, while they're called soap operas. It's amazing. The mm. Placement. Oh, hello. Oh, this soap makes me feel so. Soapy. Soapy. Well, John, what are you doing here? Oh, I just thought I'd have a bath. Do you have pasta? Oh, John, you're dirty. You need to get clean. Oh, my God, it's becoming a porno. (laughs) Okay, anyway. um, Gibson introduced early American cereals into Australia, including Pinto Pete and his ranch boys. (gasps) Pinto Pete. Chindu the Magician, oh, sorry, Chandu the Magician, <laughs> and The Air Adventures of Jimmy Allen. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to listen to one of these. Oh, yeah, we'll have to find is some. The, the film and sound archive would mm-hmm. have these, I reckon. That's where this is from. Is it? Mm. Good this on is you. from a list that you, was a woman in a little list that you put in there. Oh, good on you. Good on you. Stole mine, probs. Well, I didn't know it was just for you. No. I thought we could... You know, share, share alive. We share, we share, we share. In 1935, Gibson was probably the only woman in the world to be heading up a radio transcription company, though Gibson found that Australia was less welcoming to women in executive roles than the United Mm. States. She decided to stay on. Good on her. She did, however, return to Hollywood for a buying trip in late 1941 in the USA to buy more programs. She was stranded when the country entered World War II, oh. just before the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and she was unable to return to Australia for several years. Well, I've been to Pearl Harbor. Have you? Mm. That's lovely. Were yeah. the pearls there? No, there's a there's there, you go. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. You go and there's a big memorial thing. You you take a boat out to one of uh, I think there's two boats that are sunk. 
in the harbour still. Oh, yeah. And there's still oil coming up from below that's really? seeping up. Why yeah. don't they get the ships out? I don't know. I don't because the people are dead in there. There's a lot of it, that. Those ships went down with people in them still. Perished. Well, why people didn't per- they get them out? They and never. Bury them? They didn't. They just kept them there. Odd thing. Yeah, it? I remember I was like really young, went to Hawaii with my mum when I was in like year nine or something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the the um, tour guide saying mm-hmm. that you can still see the oil slicks around the top where oh the, gosh, there's still oil coming out of something. Oh, that can't be good for the fishies. Well, no, perhaps not. Anyway. So three years later, she was managing her old firm, the Radio Transcription Company of America. And then she returned to Australia in 1944. And on 18th of August, at the Registrar-General's office, Sydney, she married a, a man called Randall Robert MacDonald Parr, an Irishman oh. serving in the Australian Imperial Force. Love it. We've got the Irishman theme going on tonight. Oh, oh weird. Oh, Sean. <laughs> oh, that's Scottish. But oh, he did. Um, returning to Australia, she formed Grace Gibson Radio Productions in oh. 1944. What? One of Is that the, the mo- first the well, radio production women houses? Yeah. One of the oh. f- most successful radio production companies in the world. Oh, my gosh. Though Gibson concentrated on the sales side of the business, she could recognise a good script and was noted for her skill of spotting talent. Oh. Metsy. Sure. Yeah. Considered careful where money was concerned. She was also generous to her staff and was admired for her skill at sales and her total commitment to work. Gibson's company specialised in soap operas and serials, ranging from long-running family dramas Dr. Paul and Portia Faces Life. What's that one? Portia. Portia Faces Life. Portia Faces Life. Yes, in Portia de Rossi, but not probably her. Faces Life, like faces, the challenges of life. Or Life in Prison. Oh, I don't faces know. Faces Life. I'd yeah. say Faces Life. Yeah. Challenges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To crime serials, Nightbeat and Dossier of Demetrius. Oh, I'd, watch th- I'd listen to those. Mm, you would. Mm. Scripts were often imported from the United States and adapted to Australian audiences, produced using local actors and then syndicated to radio stations across Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Hong Kong and the West Indies. Many shows were so popular that they were still produced for up to 14 years after the Holy original American shit. scripts ran out. She's the, she's the early home and away. Yeah, yeah. Like She's Bev McGarvey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when the scripts ran out, they would employ local writers and take over and keep the scripts going. Wow. The shows would keep going. In 1952. God, so early still. I love it. Mm, Gibson made a serious attempt to expand her business into the new broadcasting medium by making a television pilot. Yes. Aimed at the Australian and American markets. Due to the financial risks involved, Gibson chose not to proceed with any further television productions. Mm -hmm. However, she provided assistance to a guy called Frank Packer Uh, in his successful application for a Sydney television licence. Oh, what? Mm. No, you keep going. Gibson continued to produce radio programs for Mm -hmm. some years following the introduction of television. Mm -hmm. By 1954, Grace Grace Gibson Productions was putting out 32 programs per week. (gasps) Shit. They went to air in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Hong Kong and Canada. Holy shit. Mm, Most were for evening listening, Night Beat being an enduring favourite. Oh, but her two flagship productions, Dr. Paul and Portia Faces Life, were marathon no. runners among the morning soap operas. Dr. Wow. Paul, originally written by an American Virginia Crosby, ran for 4,634 quarter hour episodes from 1949 to 1971. Oh, Sponsored by the soap. Manufacturer Lever Brothers. Yes. It was heard on 48 stations throughout Australia, four mornings a week, and was also sold overseas. This is incredible. And wait, hang on. Wait. You've 
just wait. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Okay. You wait. Wait. You wait. You I'll wait. wait while you wait. Go. Because um, you've done a radio course, right? Yeah. Did you learn any of this? No. None of it. Continue. Thanks. Porsche faces life with Lyndall Barber mm-hmm. or Babua in the leading role of the lawyer Portia Manning. Oh. So I'd say it's a... I think it's... Well, yeah, I think it's got to do with I'd say it's life. about her putting people away for life and her facing her life as someone that does that. Yeah, or she's done some malpractice <gasps> and then she now has to face life. Oh, my God. We should look it up <sighs> could, and listen to it. Yeah, or we could write our own what we think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And make aliens in it if okay. we wanted to. We didn't have yeah. to. I think that would be dumb. Okay. Yeah, we can do anyway. that. Okay. Um, it ran it. for 3,544 episodes from 1954 to 1970. Shit. By God, then, I'd love to listen to these programs. Yeah, well, we should find them. Yeah. Okay. We're doing it. Doing by it. Then, Sam, make a note. Make a note. And if you could find them for us, that'd be great. <laughs> um, by then, television ruled the airwaves and Gibson, who claimed to be the sole survivor among operators of commercial studios, scaled down her production to serials of four-minute episodes, one of which was I Killed Grace Random. <laughs> Good. No, I killed Grace Random. Prove it. You prove it. I got the bloody knife. No, but I got a smoking gun. (laughs) We should write. Pete's scared. It's all right, mate. We're just we're kidding. No one killed anyone. No one killed God. She's fine. She's random and she's fine. Dark eyed, dark haired, and generously proportioned. Grace Gibson. (laughs) This is this is literally that's important about her. Yeah. Yeah. Grace Gibson was always well groomed. Good. Stories have had all that soap from all the bloody. Sponsors, yeah, which is very great product. Stories of her tight fistedness abound, yet her staff were fiercely loyal to her. And after her retirement, she made a large donation to the Actors Benevolent Fund. Mm. With her toughness, she had a self mocking humor, mm. she retained her Texan drawl and an American feminine, almost girlish quality, evident when she spoke of her first meeting with her pa. P-A-R-R. Do you know what I think's think's funny is that when, I think when we talk about women in powerful roles, and I I used to get this a lot working in the record industry and when there were a lot of strong females in those roles who were just trying to match the energy of the males, Mm. they were always looked at as being, like ball strong breakers. fisted and ball breakers mm. and yeah. you yeah. know there's, there's certain ways of men are never them. described never. like that you know but women are, are described like that all yeah. the time she if has they're bigger balls than the men yeah like if well she doesn't have any actual balls actually yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like even today in when you read um, gossip about someone it will always say the woman's age yes always yes but it won't the man. Evie Jones, 37. Thank you. Sitting alongside her friend Sam Peterson of Brunswick. Of Brunswick, yeah. Or the business he owns. Yes. Or the career he does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Mm. She kept her Texan drawl and a quality evident when she spoke of her first meeting with her pa. He made my heart, little heart go pity pat. That's what she said. I love it. He made my little heart go pity pat. Pity pat. Typical of Grace was her quip when told of a fire in a rival production studio. Nothing trivial, I hope. <laughs> I hope. When Gibson sold the business in 1978, mm-hmm. Grace Gibson Productions had produced and sold... How many? Around 40,000 quarter-hour episodes. Shit. Hmm. She's Not bad. Australia's most prolific producer. Yeah, she is, and we've never heard of her. Holy mother in Christ. Mm, 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 mm. She was appointed OA... 
Order of Australia. Order of Australia yeah. in 1987. Oh. In recognition for her services to the performing arts, particularly through radio productions. Wow. Her beloved husband, Ronnie, died in 1985. Ronnie. And she lived alone for the rest of her life in the large, stylish apartment at Potts Point oh. that they had been the, that had been the scene of great social life oh, of their heyday. She died there on the 10th of July 1989 and was cremated. Oh. That's it. Then she died. <laughs> and then she died. Um, amazing. I think we need to find some of these serials. Yeah. The references are quite amazing for this one. Um, they got all these kind of things from. Um, the Australian Women's Weekly, 1935, an article, An American Girl Sells 62 Radio Serials. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it, it, it is quite incredible what she has done for the industry that we had no idea mm. that she even existed. I mean, mm. I'm sure if you were really into radio, yes, you yeah. would know that, yeah. but... I've worked in radio. You've worked now. in radio. You've done a radio course. Yeah, why was so I not you, taught any of that? We don't learn. I mean, and, and I mean, I've also worked in media. Mm. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So, I wonder if advertisers know about Grace Gibson Grace and Gibson. her soap opera. Yeah, bringing soap operas to Australia. It's amazing. Mm. And she only That's recently awesome. died. Like, yeah. I mean, not recently. Not like yesterday. Yeah, I still think. I but, still think the know. 90s are like 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. were to yeah. us. But we were alive when she died. So Yeah. And she died Aww. in our old neighbourhood. Grace Gibson, that's amazing. And also the um, the thought of the radio, the radio shows, mm. um, when you go and buy, what do they call that when you syndicate? Yeah. Like yeah. syndication? Yeah. She started syndication, syndication. Yep, in did. Australia. Yeah, yeah, she did. To she go started... and buy programs and put yep. them onto different networks. Yep. She took those discs. Took those bloody discs. Sent Not sure what kind of discs they are, but she Radio took them. discs. Radio discs. Audio discs. Anyone knows, let us Cereal know. Discs. Discs um, cereal discs. We should mention that we're um, bringing this season to a close. We are. We're going to have a little time, bit of time off over... Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Close your no, eyes. you keep talking while I'm oh, okay. doing it. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we've had such a good. <laughs> you you do the okay. the humming and I'll do the talk. Mm-hmm. We will be um, having the end of a season this year. We've uh, had such a good year that we need a break. But we will be back. But don't worry, we've still got a couple of episodes to go before we get there. Until then, good night, Australia. (laughs) Wow, good on you. You made it all the way through to the end. So these are just the credity bits, but don't stop because these are important. Please rate, review and subscribe as it helps other people just like you find out about this podcast. Executive producers of Chickstree are me, Annie Potatoes and Evie Jones. Our producer slash editor slash waterboy slash wine boy is Sam Peterson. Follow us on Instagram at chickstree underscore podcast and email us at mychickstree at gmail.com. Oh, and check out Sam's podcast, Confessions of the Idiots. It's great.